Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 32 of the Regenerate Millennial Podcast. On today's episode, I am pleased to be joined by Pastor Jordan again, as we are going to do the second part of our hermeneutics series. Today, we are going to be talking about laws. Are there different kinds of laws? Do they apply to us? What do they mean? We're going to answer all those questions and more in the coming moments during this podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for all the support. I've been off for a little bit, uh, recovering from shoulder surgery, which went well. So thank you guys again for the support and for the prayers. And as always, this is for God's glory and his glory alone. I hope you enjoy. Let's get started. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Now I found dying. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Jordan, I could listen to you all day, man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what a great intro to the podcast. Oh. Uh, Wait, I, did didn't you start I didn't even have to pay you uh. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're recording. Okay. And that's definitely going oh, in the podcast. Man. You could listen to me yeah, all day. Wow. I don't know if I'm your listeners. I don't know if they can listen to you all day, but I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that's a, that's a fair point. Jordan, uh, how are you doing, man? How you been oh. doing lately? What's going on? Well, it's been it's been a little busy lately. I try to be a bit more balanced in life, but uh, yeah, got a lot going on. Uh, I am a both by by or or a tri vocational pastor, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So everything I do is so that I could um, help support the ministry here and keep it going, so that I don't have to leave. I don't. I guess I don't really believe that. If there is an option for burnout, then your probably church planting plan was bad. Mm. <laughs> so I think in today's world, um, it says a lot to to be a tent pitcher. Doesn't mean uh, mm-hmm. doesn't Definitely. mean you have to. It's just that's the route God has called me to. And so yeah, I've got some things come down the pipe. That's yeah. a good expression because I sure. might be doing some chimney installs <laughs> yeah. as a business. So just a real blessing how it's all lined up. So yeah, for working sure. towards that, doing some real talks with uh, members of the church lately. Mm. That's always super joyful and super draining. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Both and, and so. Especially with me. That's right, oh man. <laughs> so yeah, some are, some are worse than others. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been going good, man. Just enjoying being a father. Yeah. Loving on my wife, awesome. man. It's going on nice walks. Snow's melting. I'm good. Life's yep. good, man. There's a reason we live in the part of Canada we do. That's for sure, man. That's right. And uh, yeah, just relishing in, in God's sovereignty and his providence in your life. That's always yeah, a beautiful man. thing. And yeah, he's he's so good, man. Just you know, when one when one thing sort of stops or, you know, one one uh, financial support or whatever ends, it's just like he just he's so faithful. He just places something so faithful, right man. in your path. It's like, you yeah. know what, Jordan? I got you. Yeah. I got you. You're my son. I love you. And I got you. Yeah. Here you go. Oh, Undeserved gift. So good, man. Yeah. I'm so human because ever since we've been on, we've been here like six, seven what? years and it's like, 
God has been so faithful. Yeah. And he always, he definitely has a sense of humor because mm-hmm. it, it tends <laughs> to always come when I'm at the end of my wits. Yep. Like, it was like the day I was like, God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? Totally. Like, literally the day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, suffering, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like you remember? yeah, you're trying to rely on your flesh again here <laughs> Yeah. Okay. for like the millionth, billionth time probably in your life. When have I ever let you down? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> remember how I've provided for you your, you know, your entire life? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm the, I'm the same way, though, honestly. What I, about you? How you been? I've been good, man. Just recovering from shoulder surgery. So, yeah. um, yep, a years-old injury. I feel blessed to be in a country where uh, God has blessed some very intelligent individuals with the skills to cut me open and stitch me up and fix me up. And, uh, yeah, uh, just, just really uh, trying to take this time where I'm very physically weak, like, literally pretty much can't even lift a, a coffee cup if it's full of coffee. Uh, just trying to take this time to, to dive even more into God's Word and uh, let go of some more areas of pride that the Holy Spirit's exposing in me, which He, he always likes to do. And it's, it's, it's painful and joyful at the same time. Uh, yeah, so just hanging out with the family and, and Really enjoying life, busy as well, of course, with work and, and family. But God is so good, so so mm-hmm. good. Even if my shoulder didn't get fixed, He's <laughs> absolutely good. Oh no! Because I'm not, a, let's not get into that. I'm gonna man. have a new body one day, man, and I'm gonna, not gonna have to worry about my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, even even through my minuscule physical suffering, He's He's so good. Ah, oh, yeah, and just been having some good conversations with with friends and acquaintances and uh actually you know what we're going to be talking about law um because we're doing our our next part of our hermeneutics podcast series tonight and uh, it's going to be interpreting laws and there's different kinds of laws we're going to talk about them and it goes pretty good because i had a a good conversation with a friend of mine um from an old uh old gathering and uh, we had a really good conversation about law and uh, why it's important that we know um, hermeneutically what we're reading uh, when we open the Bible, when we look at the Old Testament, you know, who does this law apply to, what's the permanent principle, you know, hearkening back to our basics of hermeneutics podcast, um, even if it's a if it's a law specific to Israel, what's the, what's the permanent principle that we can actually pull out of this law? And uh, we're gonna we'll get into some examples of those actually in this podcast. Um, yeah, so uh, I I want to talk about the law. I have a real heart for this subject because I don't know about you. Um, I do know somewhat about your church background. Um, so tell me sort of what your background when it came came to the law is. But I sort of grew up in a, in movements that it was you know. You know, we're under the new covenant. It's just, it's just grace. Like, like, you, you know, you don't have to worry about doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that. And any time that the words obedience or submission were brought up, which goes hand in hand with law, the subject of law, um, it was like this big wall would kind of go up. Right. Um, I don't know about you. Did you have experience like that growing up? Or yeah, I guess something that just popped in my mind is that like we kind of have. Um, 
these sayings that we would say, like just like what you were saying there, is like there's, you know, we're not under the law, we're under grace, mm -hmm. right? The, or the law of grace, which is interesting. Yeah. But it's, I think, I think these little kind of catchphrases, if you will, or these little phrases we said, just like, if, the, if they're not defined, like if we're not defining what we mean, like what do you mean we're under grace? Mm -hmm. Like does that mean um, I'm saved? Should I should I go on sinning so that grace may abound? Like what does that what does it mean I'm under grace? Right. Um, and really, I think I think we just get sometimes terms not just um, undefined or but defined incorrectly, mm. and it's just kind of we had these sayings that. Um, made us feel good or just yeah. kept us on the straight and narrow in our mind right and so yeah. and it and it's it sounds super holy too but if i don't define it then what am i what am i saying right yeah absolutely um, yeah i i remember you know the for the past decade and, and probably more coming up through those those different movements and and whatnot uh there's a lot of people who who had the similar story like you know oh, i grew up in a real legalistic household or a legalistic church and it was just like i was always getting beat over the head with a stick kind of thing and yeah and it's it's almost like myself and and these these people that i grew up with did like a 180 shift right. where it's like and and that could definitely be a valid point depending on your situation of course like obviously there's churches out there that are legalistic and that's not good either but um our desire is to be obedient to Christ, um, right? Like what Jesus himself says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Right. So there has to be something that he has then told us yeah. that we are to obey. And I also think of when the Pharisees um, were asking Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Yeah. And he says the, the law can be summed up in this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Right, and Jesus also said that he did not come to um, abolish the law, but that in him it might be fulfilled. Right. Um, so there has to be something that we can look to, and of course, spoiler alert on this podcast, it's the Bible. Um, there has to be something we can look to to see that balance between grace and and being under the law of Christ. And being obedient and desiring to be obedient to him without letting that legalism and all that stuff right. slip in. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I think I think it's important that, um, as we'll get into it, that law and grace are not opponents. You know, they're not against Definitely. each other. Yeah, right? um, they actually complement each other in light of Christ. Hmm. And so, um, but yeah. We'll get into that. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we're not going to really do a recap of the first hermeneutics episode, which was the, the basics of how to read your Bible. So um, I would encourage you, if you're listening to this right now and you haven't heard that one, pause it, go back, listen to the, the first one, uh, the first uh, hermeneutics podcast, then come back to this one. Because um, that sort of sets the table for what we're going to get into on this one. Yeah, we're going to apply all the same rules. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So one of the rules is, uh, and I guess we can start with this. One of the rules is uh, the permanent principle. Like in hermeneutics, you're trying to find the permanent principle. Like what is, what is the timeless truth that this verse or this passage or this chapter teaches? Right. And there always is one. 
even even sometimes when we're reading, as I mentioned earlier, about old, you know, laws that maybe only applied to Israel at the time, but there's stuff we can pull out of that. Yeah. Um, uh, so a permanent principle uh, in a command is actually more important than the, com- than the command itself. And that's sort of like the first point I want to ask you about. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, no, for sure. And so this this rule, finding the permanent principle, is really talking specifically about interpreting laws. Um, and so uh, what, what it's saying there is it's holding to a truth behind it, if you will. It has a presupposition. Is then that presupposition, that truth it's holding to is that if God wrote this, right? Uh, of course, a Christian would say, since God wrote this, mm-hmm. uh, there must be, if you will, the imago Deo on it, right? There must be an image of God. There must be a, there must be a character of God that shines through this, mm-hmm. even in a law. Because if he wrote it, like anything God writes has his fingerprints on it, right? Yeah. Has his character, has its attributes. It was perfectly written. So, so I'm looking at a law, for example say Deuteronomy 22 verse 8 just to summarize it it's talking about if you're going to build a house um, and back then they had like flat roofs right right Um, and it says to put a to put a railing on the roof right Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and the reason being is so that if you have guests over they don't fall off and you become guilty of manslaughter right totally yeah and so we can look at that we can kind of take two avenues I can, you know, I can be like, well, we don't build flat roofs anymore, so goodbye with that. Yep. I, that law does not apply to me, cannot teach me, does not have any relevance mm-hmm. in my re- relevance. There relevance, yeah. <laughs> um, relevance. I was trying to put reverent and relevant. <laughs> reverence. You made a new word. Yeah. yeah. Relevance in our <laughs> life. Um, or I can take the other route and say, where is the character of God in this? Where is yeah. the permanent principle that I can glean from. Um, and if we were to look at that, there might be a few we might be able to. We could go down the road of like, you know, blood guilt and learn stuff about that and how we don't want to bring shame onto ourselves or guilt or, you know. Uh, but really, it's God is telling us that when we build, we, we build safe. Yeah. That's the permanent principle. And so mm. how do I apply that to the Christian walk? How do I apply that to the Christian faith, my walk? Is that if a Christian's going to build something, the Christian better be known for building the safest thing. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's the permanent principle. It doesn't. That law does not say those words. Hmm. Right. Yep. But we can glean what God's really getting at there. Exactly. God doesn't care for railings. No. <laughs> right? Maybe he has an affinity for railings. Yeah. He, he cares. <laughs> he cares for people. Exactly. Right? He cares for yes. people's safety. Um, and so is it a Christian virtue to be safe? Yeah. But of course, defined by God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to say that in our present oh context Oh my goodness. These days. Thank you for saying You're that. You're welcome. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, if you didn't say, not to the extreme. Yeah, yeah right. S- safety is not, does not trump every other command. Okay, so here I'm, I got it. Yeah. God <laughs> is safe. But safe is not God. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Right. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like, I mean, that's a reality right now in both of our lives. Like, as well, I mean, I can't do anything with my arm in a sling right now, but 
as you're helping us renovate and do some building on on our property right you're you're literally applying this permanent principle from deuteronomy 20 to 8 to your context and also to mine right because you're building yeah uh, you want safe people working for you man 100 percent. yeah you know, yeah absolutely yeah okay <clears throat> uh yeah so the the permanent principle is it's it's something that we can glean from from every single command or law whether it's in the old testament or the new testament that we see in scripture um but i want to i want to ask you another question here because some commands that we read about they're hyperbole right and they're they're never meant to be followed literally so i have an example here and then i want to ask you about this example the example is from Matthew uh, 5, verse 30, where Jesus says, If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it's better that you lose one of your members uh, than that your whole body goes to hell. Right. So, is, <clears throat> I, I don't think anyone thinks that Jesus is literally saying, you know, if you, if you sin using your hand, you should just go ahead and chop it right off. Right. There have been people in the past, there have been whole movements, where people have made themselves eunuchs, yeah, know, right, yeah, that's true. Huh? Um, that uh, took it in a, in a literal sense, hmm. right? Um, but they really weren't consistent with their hermeneutic of literalism because if they were, they'd be dead. Yeah, they wouldn't have body Quicker. parts left. They wouldn't have body parts left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'd be blind, mute, yeah. deaf, yeah. right? No hands, no, no feet, hands. nothing. So yeah, um, so what? What Jesus has always gotten at, even even in uh, even God the Father in the Old Testament through His laws, is He's actually speaking to the heart, right? And so if I were to if I were to look at that and not get the tone, not get the genre, like you were saying hi mm -hmm. hyperbole there, which is another way of saying exaggerated to show importance, yep. right? Like this is how important this is, mm -hmm. right? And so I'm not looking at the the right hand. I'm looking at the cut it off, yep. like root it out, right? Stem and root, or as we say, right? Mm. Um, and so it's saying, what is causing this? What's the root cause? Um, and and that's why really our salvation starts with a new heart. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Could we say it's it's yeah, like you said, it's getting to the heart of the matter. It's it's not advocating for a band-aid solution where the bleeding is just going to continue, 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 right. but that deep, maybe some deep surgery is needed, yeah. some surgery of the heart right. in a certain area of my life or your life or whoever's life yeah. to do with a specific sin yeah, or a specific exactly. struggle. Yeah, and that's why there's huge emphasis on Joseph running, dropping his cloak and running, mm -hmm. right, like when he was tempted. And so that's 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 a good example mm. of that right and it's like what are the what are the things in my life that i'm i'm flirting with too much mm. where i'm i'm pretending i can play with fire and not get burnt or yeah. whatever right like what needs to be rooted out and our flesh loves to do that right loves we we love to push the envelope yeah most temptation comes from setting ourselves up yeah really right <laughs> instead of, of cutting it off we just let it linger and say we can handle it yeah right? until yeah. we realize we can't handle it <laughs> right yeah absolutely um, I want to I want to uh, ask you about uh, reading the Bible 
literally, and uh, a, a man that we we both admire very much, and and many people do, of course, is uh, John MacArthur. And uh, I know one of the things he says is, you know, read the Bible literally, unless it's obvious that it's just like we were talking about hyperbole or or uh, metaphorical or uh, maybe apocalyptic literature or something like that. Right. Um, so we have a point here uh, that biblical precedent precedent does not equal biblical command. Um, and I want to ask you about another verse here that we have as, have as an example um, and ask you about like what does that mean that biblical precedent does not equal a biblical command. And the verse we have is Acts uh, 6.3 and it says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty, that duty being um, eldership. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I do like, I, I obviously really like that hermetical rule of like read it literally unless it's obviously not. Mm-hmm. Um, where one of the things that that really combats isn't, isn't, um, what's the word? It's not, it's not advocating for the fact that we should read all genres the same. That's not what it's saying. Um, it's saying, literally read the genres correctly right (laughs) right um because when i read um say someone's uh life story uh sometimes that 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 writer can bring in poetry can bring in but i'm reading it all literally Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i'm this guy literally wrote this and so what that hermeneutical rule read everything literally uh, unless it's clearly not is really fighting against or defending against this this idea that the scriptures aren't clear if you will it's it's defending against the idea that it's up for anyone's interpretation interpretation it's Mm -hmm. it's defending against the idea of gnosticism like here's my here's the actual interpret the hidden interpretation um and so when i when i read this when we read this verse in acts well we think right away it's like well what is acts right uh, really good question to ask is this is this is this a is this a prescriptive text or a descriptive text mm-hmm. right and we know that the the book of acts luke is trying to trying to write what happened yeah that's it he's a he's he's writing as like he's watching it and he's writing down what hap- what's mm-hmm. happening um that that's that's called a narrative genre which we'll get in next time and yeah. so um when i and there's been huge movements throughout history that have change the book of acts from a prescriptive or from a descriptive because that's all luke's doing is you know here's what happened he's describing what happened yeah. to a prescriptive mm-hmm. uh which is what the epistles are they're prescribing to the church here's how you live in the new covenant specifically right, right. but acts is, is writing here's how the church foundation exploded yeah and he's not trying to say how to do church specifically he's saying here's what happened yes. right and so if i were to take acts 3 and and i read there and it says um this church is being commanded here's a here's a law right commanded a point they had they had seven elders mm-hmm. right well if i take that and i go well every church should have seven elders right well now i just turned it to a a prescriptive yeah and which isn't a narrative genre yeah narrative genre is descriptive and so um one of the strongest hermeneutical rules that will do a narrative is like we're trying to say here, biblical precedent does not equal biblical command. Mm-hmm. Just because it happened <laughs> doesn't mean you should do it. Totally. Right? Um, and so a fancy way to remember that is narrative is not normative. Yeah.
narrative genre is not normative. Yeah, yeah. So and that's a little teaser for the for the next yeah. for the next uh, hermeneutical install of the of the podcast where we will talk about. But I can glean genres. I can glean from verses like that. Absolutely. Is there's there's not a time in a narrative where the word elder is is in the singular. Hmm. It's always in the plural. Mm -hmm. What can I glean from that? Right? It's we should true. have a plurality of elders. Yeah, right? so it's that's not, the permanent principle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more yeah. accountability, not a one man show kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. If if at all possible, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to every I'm not stopping at every uh, ranch or farm that I drive by and walking up to a donkey and waiting for it to talk to me. Right? Cuz that only happened once at least that yeah, we have we record know. of, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, in, you know, from what we know, it only ha ever yeah. happened once. Yeah, and right. how detrimental would that be? And it had seen it detrimental, where it's like we've taken this narrative, what happened, right? And yeah. we said, and we put that onto the church in a prescriptive way and said, you know, and so you can discredit a lot of godly movement because there's not seven elders. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or because right. you're not hearing from a donkey. Right. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even that's though right. it's sort of a... A pretty extreme example, but hey, it's, yeah, in, it's in the Bible. We'll take I'm it. using it. We'll take it. That's right. Um, let's talk about uh, the the different kinds of laws, right? Because we've sort of given a little bit of a preamble and started to get into uh, you know the permanent principle and all that when we are looking at laws. But my question to you is: Are there different types of laws from Genesis to Revelation? Uh, what are they and what specifically do each of them mean and how do we apply them to our context in our lives today? Right. Yeah, and so the, the way we can come up with this, and so really what you just did there with the presupposition is you made the claim in your question that there are different types of laws. Right. Right. Yeah, that's which a good is, point. <laughs> so, I, yeah, is that is a presupposition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is good because um, I, I, obviously I... Agree, and uh, <laughs> scripture would, and history would agree that there are different types of laws in the Bible. Hmm. And the reason why there's different types of laws is because there are different covenants, but not just different covenants, but there's different audiences. And so when we read, um, dealing with, we'll start with the Old Testament here, when we sure. read the Old Testament, another word for that is the Old Covenant, right? The first covenant with mm -hmm. who? With, that, with Abraham and his yep. offspring, right? Israelites. Uh, and so these uh, laws were written to God's ethnic people, hmm. Israel. And it was for them. And it was written to them in the first covenant, right? And so um, so there's three types. And so sometimes you have this, uh, I'm sure you do, but I, I get it a lot where we have conversations and people try to poke holes in the Christian faith. or yeah. And they go like, well, they think we're not consistent because... There's some laws in the Bible that we don't follow to the letter anymore, right? right? And they're like, and then what they do is they say, well, since you don't do that, you're trying to play God, and you just interpret the Bible however you want, and right. so, right? But if, but really, a lot of those conversations boil down to, and I just want to say it all the time, I'd be like, hey, if you actually just research this for more than five minutes, <laughs> um, then it, you know what I mean? Then you, yeah. you'd be able to figure out the answer to the question. And so your question, and you don't seem like a real, like you, you seem pretty smart, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so really you're just trying to get away from 
a God who wants to hold you, or not wants, but will hold you accountable. Yeah. Um, because there are answers to these questions that are super reasonable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, the three different types of laws um, in, in the Old Testament uh, written to Israel, Israel, the first one would be ceremonial. And so um, ceremonial has to deal with uh, how Israel was to worship God. Right. Right. Uh, like how to deal with the temple, how to deal with the offering, how to mm. all, all the uh, all the sacrifices, how how to worship God, right? How to atone for sin, how to um, anything to do with that. And then there's civil, which is um, how Israel are you to interact with each other and the and the world, right? right. Like how do you literally like that was the law of the land mm-hmm. for Israel, which is pretty cool. It is. That'll that'll happen again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when Jesus comes back, he will be the law of the land. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a pretty cool time. And so it's law is ordering uh, Israelite society. Here's how to live on this earth mm-hmm. as as God, as your king, yeah. right? Being the people of God. Um, and then there's the, the ethical or the moral law, which is the timeless law. Um, and these timeless principles of right relationship with God and others. And so every one of the Ten Commandments, um, is carried over to the New Testament. Uh, you know, some people have. Um, there's a you know there's a decent debate with the um, the Sabbath day and what that means. Sure. But it's brought over in some way, <laughs> if you will. Uh, the other nine, for sure, easily brought over. Um, with that one, there's a little bit of debate, of course. But um, right. these are the timeless principles. Why are they timeless? Because it's how anyone is to have a right relationship with God. Yeah. Throughout the ages, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and so that would be the moral. So ceremonial, civil, and moral. Yeah. 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 One thing I like to keep in mind when I'm reading the Old Testament, and I'm I'm sort of, uh, you know, walking through those sections of Scripture where it's it's just it could seem like it's just a bunch of stuff that doesn't really apply to me. But again, you know, taking that permanent principle out uh, of each thing. But something I like to remind myself of is God wrote this and it's perfect. Hmm. So it might seem a little odd in our context, you know, in our modern society today, uh, some of the different things that, that he instructed the nation of Israel to do. But just like we as Canadians or, you know, or an American or who, wherever you're from, just as your country, someone in your country has taken the time and usually a lot of time to sit down and to write out laws on how your society is to behave. Right. Well, that person, uh, let's use our country, Canada, as, exam- as an example. Those people who, who have written our constitution, who have written our laws, whether it's on a municipal level like just within your own city or if it's on a federal level like it 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 governs the whole country kind of thing um the people that are writing those laws are are fallen people they're human beings right. they're they have original sin right they've in, they've inherited that sin nature from from adam as we all have uh but something i like to keep in mind when i open the old testament and i read the law is this is literally perfect hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong with this. Even the things that seem odd to me, they're not. Because God said it, which means it's absolutely perfect. And they're in their perfect context, right? (laughs) 100%. Yeah. yeah. Just like, yeah, thank you for saying context, because that that made me think of a point I was going to say and then forgot it. it. So Israel didn't have law governing 
um, how to drive your car. Right. Because they didn't have cars. Right. But they did have laws governing all kinds of different stuff, like building on a flat roof, like we talked about earlier, that doesn't really apply to us, but applied to Except them. Except for airbags. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, building safer cars, that's right. of course. Yeah, permanent principle again, absolutely. There are Israelites today who have airbags <laughs> because of that principle. Yep. That's a great point. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, what was the... When we're reading the Old Testament, Jordan, um, what's, what is the main point of the Old Covenant law or the Mosaic law? Like, what is, what is God trying to show Israel and us as we open our Bible right. uh, when, when we read the Old Testament, the Old Covenant law? Well, ultimately, it is to, to bring him glory, mm-hmm. right? Um, it is to show uh, truthfully how... Um, how there's no one like him. Mm. And because of that, uh, he deserves all glory and praise. Uh, And so really one of the things that the law does is it shows how holy God is. Um, And so it reveals the holy character of our eternal God to to the nation of Israel. Uh, But God also used the nation of Israel um, by following these laws to be a light. Right to show his character to the rest of the nations, if you will, um, and so people were to look at Israel and say, "Wow, you're you're well taken care of. You're blessed. Like mm-hmm. what what's going on here? <laughs> what's yeah. different?" Right? Um, yeah. And so, in light of that, I think you should share um, this this third one here because I think because um, I know your heart. Uh, but if it, if 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 we're if we're Isaiah and we see God we see how radiant he is and how holy he is mm. but then instantly we see something else yeah right and that's something the law does as well absolutely yeah we we see in the in the law throughout the entire Bible um, the holiness of God juxtaposed to the sinfulness of man and uh, this is this is something yeah absolutely it it, it hits home with me big time because um, as I as I grew in wisdom and, and knowledge of, of scripture uh, the holiness of God just overwhelmed me like it 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 hit me like a ton of bricks like a freight train whatever analogy or metaphor you want to use um, and it just shows us how incredibly desperate we are um, in in need of salvation, it shows us that we can't do it. We can't earn our way to heaven. There's there's not a single book in the Old Testament that we that that God tells us, yeah, uh, Israel obeyed the law perfectly. Hmm. Never. They had times, yes, where they were more obedient, but they would slip away. They would slip away. They would slip away. Um, the whole Bible's about Jesus, His holiness. God's holiness and, and, and our sin and our need for a savior points us to the cross, shows us the depths of our depravity. Hmm. Um, and <clears throat> it, it, it speaks to, to the heart of man. Hmm. Yeah. And it just, just shows the, the, the hopelessness, if you will. Um, yeah. Without there's, Christ. There's, there's <laughs> no, there's literally no hope yeah. apart from, from Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And the law laws aren't just placed here um, by God uh, 
because God's a fan of laws. Um, that they're not just in and of themselves. God always has a greater purpose mm-hmm. for why he's doing what he's doing. And so, um, and thanks to parts of the New Covenant, the New Testament, we get insights, uh, more insights. Uh, and so Romans 3.20 says, No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Mm. Rather, through the law, we become conscious mm-hmm. of our sin. So it, re- it reveals our sin to us because how would we know if we're sinning if we don't have something to compare it to? Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, and so the law shows us the, the whole, and so, such a beautiful part of the plan where it's like, what's the whole point of all these laws? All these laws are to make you fall on your knees and thank God that he sent his son to uphold these laws mm. on, our, on our behalf. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't you, do it. We couldn't do it, man. Hundred <laughs> percent. You brought to my mind uh, Galatians uh, chapter three, uh, where Paul says in verse ten, "For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things <laughs> written in the book of the law and do them." Right. If that was the end of the story, yeah, we're all we're all, we're all doomed. We're all done. We're it's all over. we're absolutely. Yeah. done for yeah. but Paul continues in, in uh, I'm going to skip a couple verses here in verse 13 this is what the law is pointing us to Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us mm-hmm. by becoming us like right. the cursed man the sinful man for as it, as it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree mm-hmm. uh, so that in Christ the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, that's us, uh, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Mm. Like, thank God the sto- like, thank God that it's not just verse 10 of Galatians <laughs> chapter 3. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. He, he continues on. And, and that, that's grace, right? Um, that's absolute grace because uh, I've been saved. Like, I've been grabbed from a place I could not get myself out of, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so just to kind of put a, maybe a cap on it a little, it's Hebrews 10, 1, uh, talking about the law and its role. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come. Mm. It's a, the, the whole old covenant is pointing forward yeah. to the gospels. It's pointing forward to the gospels. Yeah. Then everything after the gospels is pointing back to the gospels. Right? Yeah. So they always saw a forward arrow and we're always looking at a backwards arrow, right? Yeah. All the, all, that's why the cross, that moment, what happened there, right? Uh, It says, for since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Mm. Right? The fact, and it showed the Israelites, and it should show us, the fact that they have to do this every year shows that it is not sufficient. Mm -hmm. Right? And then Hebrews goes on, one sacrifice, that's that. One sacrifice for all. Done. Yep. No other sacrifice is needed now. Why? Because mm-hmm. the perfect lamb, the mm-hmm. non-shadow of things, mm-hmm. the fullness of things has come. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I just love how we see um, God the Father through the Old Testament pointing to his son, mm-hmm. pointing to our Redeemer, our Savior, Jesus. And, and like you said, and then the Holy Spirit through, through the apostles afterwards pointing back towards Christ. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great point. Um, so we we've talked about a little bit how the Old Testament is applicable to us today as Christians. It's not like it's irrelevant. It's not like we can just 
you know, completely ignore everything in the Old Testament and just forget about it. Ah, that was then, this is now. Um, uh, but the Old Testament is not our, our primary covenant because we're not ethnic Israel. Right. We're in the new covenant. Yeah. Um, so. And uh, because it doesn't exist anymore. Like that covenant. Totally. Right? Because the mystery has been revealed. Now it's open to the Gentiles. It's open yep. to the world. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask you here. Uh, I have a note written down here that uh, part of the old covenant is uh, is clearly renewed in the new covenant. Um, and I, I think you were you did talk about this earlier, like with the Ten Commandments coming over. Right. Um, uh, is there is it just simply that, though, Jordan, like it, is that. Is that it? Like the Ten Commandments and as long as I just abide by those, I'm good kind of thing? Like is that what the New Covenant's all about? Well, I think how I answer this can either determine if I go legalistic because I can go... Because um, if I say no, then we then we do away with the permanent principle. Right. right? We do away with yeah. the character of God in the laws that we can learn from. Mm -hmm. um, not just would I do away from that, but I would do away from what... Um, is called, uh, and if you haven't done study on this, I, I, I would highly encourage you to do um, study on apostolic authority. Mm. Um, and so what I mean by that is there are times in the New Testament, uh, so the New Covenant, where laws from the Old, um, old Covenant are explained into the now, given like a perfect permanent principle explanation mm -hmm. right uh jesus can do this obviously he is god <laughs> so he can do this mm -hmm. um and and anyone given the authority or who has the authority uh to speak for god as well right which is yep. the apostles mm. or the half brothers of jesus <laughs> james and jude right? right um and so and that's that's the new covenant and so there are examples um and so if we want to have those discussions in the church and be like, no, we should follow this, we should follow this, like the new covenant is sufficient in itself, like uh, if you will, in regards to how the church is supposed to operate, if we just read the New Testament. But the Old Testament not only gives us the character of God, but it also is the, it's what really makes the new covenant beautiful. Like it makes it fuller, it makes it more um, set yeah. in history, right? Uh, and so if you go to like, um, say, for example, 1 Timothy 5, 18, uh, Paul gives this example uh, and he explains an Old Testament law. And in the Old Testament law, it says when um, this would be a civil law, you know, how to um, operate in society. It's saying when you're tending the grain and you're, you're leading your ox, right? Um, there's some societies that would put a muzzle on their ox so that while he's tending the grain, he can't eat. And, and you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like this, it just, it didn't make sense, right? It's mm -hmm. super oddly greedy in a sense. It would make the ox um, uh, really not get paid for its labors that he's working on, right? Mm -hmm. And so Paul gives the actual deeper meaning of that in the New Testament dealing with pastors uh, and apostles at the time. But he's saying, hey, if your pastor, um, those who shepherd you, those who look after you, if they're um, needing 
to eat, <laughs> like that, which they are, then pay them, mm-hmm. right? Pay them. Uh, and so he brings it over from the old covenant into the new, but because he has that apostolic authority, he can do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we see again in Matthew 18, 15 through 20, where it talks about um, how we are to deal with someone who who is in sin, if you will. Uh, but through there, it says, you know, uh, two or three witnesses. But that was a that was a law back in Deuteronomy 19, verse, what do I have here? 15. I don't have it memorized for those who are listening, by the way. Um, mm. I do have it written down here. But it says back then that, like, there's there should be no cause or claim against someone without two or three witnesses. Yeah. And so that's brought over mm-hmm. into the New Testament. We yeah. still need two or three witnesses mm-hmm. to bring a claim. Absolutely. Right? And that's, yeah. um, so we could say, is that a law? Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yep. a law of God yep. in the new covenant. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right? It's, it's how Jesus himself tells us, his bride, the church, how to yep. operate in church discipline. Yeah. For sure. No, that's really good. I, I love how you touched on the, the point of, of, you know, we we could go really legalistic with it. So I want to sort of swing to the other side here uh, because we can also just go, you know what, we're under grace, we're under grace, we're under grace. However, sometimes it actually gets more difficult or more strict right. um, when we talk about Old Testament law yeah. coming into New Testament law. Mm. And an example of that is, I'm going to quote God himself in, in human flesh uh, again here, is uh, uh, Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 5, uh, he, where he's quoting uh, from Leviticus chapter 18. And he says uh, in Matthew 5 verse 27, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Okay. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman to lust after her, just looks at her, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Mm. So Jesus takes this Old Testament law where it's like, if you if you are physically in a physical adulterous relationship, you're under condemnation, right? Mm. Like you're deserving of wrath, you're deserving of judgment. And he takes that and he says, you know what? If you even look at a woman right. with that kind of desire, you've already done it in your heart. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's way, um, I would say it's it's way more difficult to live under grace, <laughs> uh, the the law of grace, than under the law in the in the old covenant. The reason being is because it everything deals with the heart, everything. Yeah. Um, and so. And yet we have this thing in Romans where, where Paul tells us that the person who isn't saved, who doesn't have the spirit, they actually can't do the things right. that God asked them to do. Yeah. You actually can't do them. Yeah. And so um, you could follow the laws of the old, you know, in a sense, like you could, you, you could actually look like you could. Sure. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, uh, but when we come into the new jesus puts everything onto the heart now now it's not something i do it's it's something i am Mm -hmm. and if it's now it's not now the doctrine doesn't say here's what you should do now the doctrine actually says here's what you will do like if your heart's changed this is how you'll actually operate uh and like for example uh, i don't know why i've brought up money times a few times here um 
Uh, oh, it's, one, it's, a, it's a big idol for a lot of us. <laughs> it is. It's a big idol it for is. a lot of us. Uh, I'm just bringing it up for, <laughs> I feel like, a conflict of interest, but I don't, I don't bow to that. It's all good. I just preach the word. So, um, <laughs> But it says here in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, each one must give as he decides in his heart. This is talking about giving to the, to right. the, to the work of the church, right? Yeah. Um, not reluctantly or under, compul- and under compulsion, mm. for God loves a cheerful giver. Right. It's all heart stuff, right? Totally. Like in the Old Testament, it's like, here's exactly what you give. Who cares how you feel about it when you do it, mm. <laughs> right? Um, just do it, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's relationship with, with if my heart's actually been regenerated, right? If it's actually been regenerated, I give cheerfully. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Not just because, and, and now, it's, now it's between me and God. Yeah. It says decide in my heart. So now I'm actually accountable to what I decided. Mm-hmm. to give to God. Yeah. So, you know, so much that exposes. That's it's pretty crazy <laughs> for sure. And it's a lot of responsibility too. And it, it's just real. Now yeah. it's all it's all in that. It's all in. That. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and I I love how how Jesus just just cuts cuts to the heart example after example. Um and I want to give this example and then uh uh, sort of move along here, but in Luke chapter 18, the little uh, section that, that the uninspired header will call the rich ruler, or some, sometimes called the rich young ruler, uh, where, where the, the rich young ruler or ruler comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, you know the commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And the ruler says to Jesus, I've kept these all from my youth, which, you know, honestly, <laughs> he probably didn't. I'm sure he dishonored his father and mother at least once. I'm sure he lied at least once. But anyways, yeah, yeah. that's beside the point. Talk, and talk about self-deceived, you know. Totally. Like and Jesus doesn't even harp on that. Like, oh, no, how could you claim that? He just, you know what, forget that because that's not even the point. Yeah. He, uh, Even though this guy says all these things I've kept since my youth, and Jesus says to him, while you still are, you're still lacking one thing, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then you're going to have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Because he's hitting his he's idol. He's hitting his heart. He's, right? he's, yeah. he's hitting Who's the, your God? Yeah. He's hitting, yeah. Uh, do you really want to serve God? Right. Give up this thing that I know because I'm God, yeah. that I know that you really actually yeah. want to serve. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds a treasure. Sells everything he has, yep. buys a field, and buries. Like, that's all I want, man. Exactly. That's it. That's exactly. all he's getting at. He's like, either it's me mm. or the things you think I give you. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. This guy's got the same issue the Pharisees had is, you know, look at me. I do A, B, C, D, and E, and therefore I am righteous. Right. And Jesus is going, you know what? Let me pick out this idol. Let me pick out that idol and expose it to show you mm. no. The right. law, you are not saved by the law. You need me. Yeah. You need grace. Right. Yeah, for sure. And even if you fulfilled the law, <laughs> if you will, God could have wrote a lot more. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> could have yeah. wrote a lot more. <laughs> and so let's say you like fulfilled the 613 laws, mm. right? It's just like, oh, now you're good enough to get in? Oh, you mean you never had a bad thought? You mean you never, you, yep. you never hated someone. You never lusted. Yeah. You, you, what? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody in their right mind, at least that claim, at least yeah. that claims to be a Christian. Yeah. Nobody in their right mind could say, "Yes, yeah. I have. I've done this." Yeah. Um, so the Old Testament 
uh, definitely applies to Christians, but it doesn't apply apart from its fulfillment in Christ, and that's money. Tell me why that's money. <laughs> that's money. <laughs> yeah, that is money. When in my notes, I always write dollar sign. <laughs> yeah, it's really important. So yeah. why why is that money? None of it applies from its apart from its fulfillment in Christ. Yeah, the the law would send me to hell. That's it. Yep. Uh, but uh, if like if that's all I had was the law, it, I would be in hell, uh, rightfully so. First of all, because I couldn't uphold it. Second of all. Because I couldn't uphold it, <laughs> but not apart from its fulfillment in Christ. And so, if I'm trying to uphold the law and I put Christ aside, that's actually the greatest sin of all: is that I don't believe, Ooh, right? Because yeah. Jesus was asked, "What must I do to be saved?" And mm. He said, "Believe in the one whom God has sent." Yep. Right. And so, uh, what does that mean to believe? Right. And that's really good. The whole point of the Book of John: what it means to believe is you follow Jesus. You believe who He was. You believe what he did. You believe what it counted for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, belief in Jesus um, through a regenerated heart is actually the start to the law. It's a mm-hmm. start to applying the law mm. to my life because I cannot apply God's law to my life if, if I, it is not in light of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought up the word regeneration. Uh, Why? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's in the po- name of the podcast, or I don't know. Um, I love that you brought that up because, uh, man, like I would never. I'd have zero desire, and I had zero desire. And we're deceiving ourselves if we think we had zero desire to like truly in our hearts obey. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from regeneration, it it precedes obedience. Yeah. Um, just like you alluded to, that Paul Absolutely. talks about in Romans, like we're literally not able to. <laughs> yeah. um, Ephesians two, I'm think yeah. uh, I'm thinking of as well. Um, you know, we're dead in our sins, yeah. literally dead. The law just becomes a condemner. That's it. Yeah. 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 If I'm not regenerated, it just condemns me because now mm-hmm. I go to the courts of heaven. And God brings out 613 laws. I'm condemned on 613 <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah, guilty on every guilty on, on every, every count. count. Yeah, 100 deserving of yeah. of judgment and punishment. Because it's not enough that I just did some, but if my heart wasn't in it, mm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that I just did them. Because God's not concerned about what you did. He's concerned about why you did it. Yeah, right? Ab- absolutely. Yeah, and and if if we really are regenerated if if the holy spirit really has truly transformed our hearts um we will desire to be obedient does it mean we're always going to be obedient well of course not you know paul himself like the world's greatest missionary the 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 apostle of apostles even if you wanted to call him that um in at the at the uh, end of romans chapter 7 talks about the war in his own flesh how he does things does the things that he doesn't want to do and the things that he desires to do that he doesn't do yeah. right so of course like that's that's that balance of, of law and grace you know yeah. grace and truth um, but the desire we see through Paul yeah uh, is that he wants to do those yeah, right. the things that yeah. he knows he should be doing yeah and that's, I that's want right. to do the things I know I should be doing doesn't mean I always do them but before I was saved Jordan I didn't care Right. I literally didn't care. Right. Just whatever. Yeah, you might have, you might have had weird caring for different reasons, but you didn't care because what you thought God thought of you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Exactly. Maybe yeah. maybe I cared what people thought yeah. or how it made me look or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, and the evidence for 
uh, a regenerated heart is not perfection, but di direction. Yeah. I heard a great theologian say that one time, <laughs> right? It's what's the direction of your life, Yeah. right? Paul's direction in, Paul, in Romans 7 is, I desire to do good. Thanks be to mm -hmm. God yeah. <laughs> through our Exa Lord Jesus Christ, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly, because it's only because of him yeah. that I even have this desire. Yeah, yeah abs absolutely. I, I <coughs> think of uh, uh, James in, in his epistle as well, where he says, faith without deeds is dead. And, you know, you could, uh, you could twist it like the Catholic Church does and go, oh, hey, look, faith without works is dead, so it's, grace, it's, it's uh, faith plus works. Right. No, no, it, James clearly explains, the Holy Spirit clearly explains to us that it's evidence, mm -hmm. evidence. Evidence of right? a changed heart. Like if, if you tell me that you can swim... 500 laps straight in the pool without taking a break and then you and I go to the pool and you're wearing your floaties and you can't even get out of the shallow end well, doesn't matter how much faith I have yeah, you're going to sink <laughs> if, I, if you take your floaties off you're sinking like a rock yeah. to the bottom of the pool I can do five <laughs> I definitely couldn't even do that many I can tell you that <laughs> yeah yeah so um, yeah it gets Jesus asked um, you know what's the greatest commandment like you were talking about earlier mm -hmm. and uh, Jesus says you know all the laws <laughs> hang right or, or summed up yeah in in this one commandment uh, and it's interesting he says one because it it's it has two parts to it mm. but it's one it kind of sounds like another doctrine in the Bible but <laughs> uh, but it's interesting that Jesus doesn't say um, they're all done away with because of this law exactly yeah. right so yeah. they all hang on it mm -hmm. there's a difference there and so of course the law is love god and love others as yourself yeah matthew 22 37 mm -hmm. these are these are house rules this is this is god's rules right yeah. um and it's interesting if, like i was saying at the beginning if we define things wrong what do we mean by love yeah <laughs> right oh, absolutely what well, well Love God and love, we, we all, it's weird how we feel we're entitled to what we feel the definition should be. Yeah. What is love? Yeah. Uh, and that would take about 8,000 sermons to <laughs> make that enough. But one of the places we can start is through the permanent principles of the law. Because <clears throat> it'll all show an aspect of God's love yeah. and how he operates in love, mm. the verb of love, right? Mm -hmm. How, what he does uh, and what he asks us to do. Uh, and so he, love, like just like safe, just like God is safe, but safe is not uh, God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we see in scripture, God is love, mm -hmm. right? But love is not God. Absolutely. Right? That's not an equal sign, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Love is not God. And mm -hmm. so uh, the, re the way we can... Um, understand what love is is through the totality of scripture uh, mm -hmm. through these laws uh, how we operate God's way if God were in the flesh which he was how did Jesus operate and so Jesus is the picture of love mm -hmm. right and he doesn't do away with the commands he fulfills them yeah. perfectly yeah. so he shows us how to love by applying the law of God correctly that's right right yeah yeah, so if we want to know how to love, we don't formulate our own opinions or go to psychologists or Twitter. 
we, uh, we go to the Word of God and exactly we look to Christ. We, we look in the Old Testament and we can see God's love for his ethnic people of Israel through the Old Testament by giving them the law as, as these parameters on how to live. And again, it's perfect. We see that he truly loves them because he's a good father. And a good father sets boundaries for his children because he knows better. Yeah. Right? Like you and I are both dads. We are way smarter, way wiser than our sons. Mm. And I also have a daughter, but I'll just use, let's use sons for this example. Because my son's a tornado. Right? <laughs> he, it, I remember he doesn't do this anymore because I set boundaries. But at a certain age... He would have run out in traffic and had himself run over, mm -hmm. ran over by a car because mm -hmm. he didn't know any better. Yeah. Because we love him and you and I are just men, like we're just fallen men. Yes, we're redeemed and, and regenerated, but we're still just men. Like we don't have the infinite wisdom of God. And we set boundaries for, for our sons because we love them. Yeah. We don't want them to get hurt and we know better than they do. So our desire is that our children that our, that our boys see that dad, daddy loves you because I protect you and I care for you by implementing these yeah. parameters and guidelines on your life. Yeah. It's no different with God totally. the Father. And he invented the place. We just make rules within the place. Exactly. Right? Like he yeah. invented the ecosystem and knows exactly how it should work perfectly. Yeah. And not just that, every permanent principle will be in heaven for eternity. Mm. Everyone, because they all are the character of God. Mm. And so the laws uh, and their permanent principles uh, prepare us for the country of heaven, mm. right? Um, and that's that, that we can look at and say, you know what, God, um, I don't fully understand them <laughs> yeah. all the time, yeah. right? <laughs> but I trust, since you kind of made the place, since you're God, uh, I heard a theologian, I forget who it is, as usual, but... They don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is that God desires us to be fully human. Mm. That like goes in the face of what a lot of people think of Christianity. Oh, you know absolutely, I mean? man. It's like, oh, you're, 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 it's, it sounds so um, bondage and tough and yeah. whatever, right? Like, why would you put your, it's like, because just a bunch of rules. Because I'm, because yeah. I'm in relationship with the one who made me and knows how to make me fully me. Mm-hmm. In light of who he is right mm -hmm. um, and so so I'm so thankful for grace Me too. <laughs> and I'm so thankful <laughs> for the law me too right. absolutely yeah amen yeah. Um, any uh, final considerations or things you you want to mention or touch on before we sort of wrap wrap up the episode here Jordan yeah so just hermeneutically when going through laws and reading them be aware that you're separated um, they weren't, they, were, they weren't written to you. Um, if you have the Spirit, they're written for you. Um, but because this wasn't written to you um, as, as the, um, the first audience, uh, remember that we are separated by time. <laughs> we're separated by culture. Mm -hmm. We're separated by geography. And we're separated by language. And so there's no one-to-one -one correspondence. There's, there's overlap. Um, in regards to language and so just be aware of that use the rules that we did in the first hermeneutics uh, those will really help you in interpreting laws and so um, yeah I think that's all I got man yeah well 
thanks again, Jordan, for joining me for another hermeneutics episode. And love doing these with you, man. I'm looking forward to, to the next one that we're going to do together. Um, yeah, thank God for God. Thank <laughs> Jesus for Jesus. Yeah. And, and I'm just, I'm in awe. Yeah, some days more than other others, even though I should be in awe all the time. Of, of Jesus perfectly obeying the law on, on my behalf, on mm. your behalf, and anyone who's in Christ on, on their behalf, yeah. n- knowing that we absolutely couldn't do it and showing us that yeah. through the Old Testament and, and through the law. So if, if you're listening to this, um, you cannot save yourself. I cannot save myself. Um, we're absolutely de- deserving of, of judgment and, and eternal punishment. Mm. But God came down and humbled yeah. himself and lived uh, a life of suffering and, and poverty um, in, in physically, spiritually, em- emotionally, uh, yeah. without ever giving up his deity and, and died on your behalf um, and, on, and on, on my behalf, Jordan, and it's and anyone who's listening who's uh, who's in Christ. And that's that's the beauty of the law, mm. is it shows us our need for a Savior, and thank God that there's a Savior. Yeah. yeah, and if you believe in that that man, Jesus Christ, then you'll get what you do not deserve. Amen, because... He, that's grace. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, what's that, uh, at the end of that Shylin song, that acronym that they use for grace? God's riches at Christ's expense. That's right. Let's end on that. Thank you, bro. Love you. Thank you, you so much for joining me again. And for having uh, me. Yeah. Looking forward to the next one. Check one, two, first Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church The kind of things that few search They say that the truth hurts Well this pain is gain So let's explain the new birth First things first Can't neglect this at the start I must preface my remarks With the deadness of the heart From original sin The effects of the fall The sin of our first parents Brought death to us all Since Adam was our federal head What he did counted for us In him were all rebels and dead Yo, captured in the mind Disaster, sin and crimes In a dark state Alaska in the winter time Sour in our frames Left to ourselves We be devoured in the flames Cause we're powerless to change If you feel that way I pray that you respond happily As you see what Jesus had to say In John chapter 3 